Welcome to the Redeeming Productivity Show. This is the podcast that helps Christians get more done and get it done like Christians. And I'm your host, Reagan Rose. Well, guys, welcome. Here we are, episode 50. Um, We celebrated the birthday of the podcast last week, one years old, and now we're at episode 50. Feels good. Um, So we'll just keep on chugging along. If you're new, uh, I've noticed that we've picked up uh, a lot of new listeners lately. lately. So if you're new to the podcast, welcome, a special welcome to you. Um, On here, we basically discuss issues of how, uh, what the Bible says about personal productivity, or as I like to say, as the Bible likes to say, stewardship. How are we using our lives to God's glory? How can we do that strategically? How can we take advantage of the different means the Lord has given us to be good stewards of these lives for his glory and so that we might best love and minister to others? So a lot of what we focus on here talks is deals with um, personal organization. You know, we talked about note taking systems recently. Uh, we talked about, you know, personal disciplines like prayer and, and Bible study and things like that. But I wanted to talk this week about personal ministry. And what I mean is how we uh, steward our relationships and our friendships and specifically in, in our local church. How do we minister to other people there through encouragement, through um, admonition, um, practicing those one another commands of the New Testament? Uh And this is more than just an injunction to do those things. Scripture does tell us that we are to um, love one another, admonish one another, all of those things. I want to deal with it from a practical standpoint of, hey, do you have a strategy for how you're going to minister to other people in your church or in your life? Do you have a plan for that? Or are you just kind of hoping that conversations come about and maybe once in a while you will uh, practice those one another commands? Because to be sure, you know, all of us are called to be ministers, whether you're full-time ministry or not, every single saint, every person who has been redeemed by Jesus Christ is called to ministry. And the reason we know this is because the Bible tells me so. Um, In Ephesians 4.12, it talks about, um, you know, the different offices that the Lord has given our local church, right? So you have evangelists, you have pastors, you have teachers, all those things, right? But why, why has God given us those? A lot of us, I think, um, wrongly conclude, well, he gave us those people to do all the ministry. They're the ones who do all the ministry. Au contraire, mon ami. Actually, the reason that we've been given those people, it says in Ephesians 4.12, is to equip the saints. That's us. That's those people who have um, placed their faith in Jesus Christ. To equip the saints for the work of ministry. Wait. So the saints do ministry? Uh, That's exactly right. Thanks for following along. Yeah, saints do the ministry. And we've been given these different offices in the church to help us become equipped to do that work. And so when you go there on Sunday and you uh, are equipped with teaching from the scripture, with theology, through discipleship, uh, with all those things, you are being empowered to go out into your world and do ministry. And my uh, thesis here is that if we're going to do ministry, 
uh, that's premise one. We're all called to do ministry. Premise two is that most ministry uh, happens through communication. And what I mean by that is that uh, we um, we obviously serve by love and good works. We, we, uh, you might do physical type things to serve people, to minister to people, but a lot of it, a lot of it is communication, right? It is, it is, um, helping people apply the word of God to their life. It's, uh, right to, to love someone. Much of that happens through a conversation, through talking, um, and being there for people. And so that's the second premise is it happens through communication. So if those two things are true, what I want to know is, how can we more effectively carry out those one another commands of scripture? How can we more effectively minister to others through communication by taking advantage of the communication technology that the Lord has given us? Um, and so that's kind of like the big overarching principle today. And I think I, I, I think I will title this. I'm talking, uh, into the future, um, why you should handwrite letters because it's a catchy title. So we're not only going to talk about handwriting letters, but that is part of it is how do you take advantage of not just in-person communication, but calls, texts, video calls, uh, and handwritten letters and those types of things to better minister to people. Okay. How can we approach it strategically? Well, I think the first thing we need to understand is that communication technology, all communication technology has its limits, has its limits, but that does not therefore make it bad. So let's talk a little bit about the pros and cons of different modes of technology. So, <laughs> well, with the, the COVID stuff, um, I am sure that you like myself are sick to death of zoom meetings or Skype calls or all that kind of stuff. You know, it's, it's been interesting, uh, to see how the evolution of, especially with, with churches doing streaming services and those type of things to see how, just how limited video calls are. And what I mean is you would think, okay, it's very much like in-person communication, right? You, you can see the people, you can hear the people. So um, why is it that when, like we've been doing a zoom Bible study for a long, long time since this uh, pandemic thing, and, or, or your, your church streaming online. Why does it not feel the same? What is it that's missing with a video call versus in person? Is it that you can't smell people? That, that is an interesting, um, thing to suggest. Um, but I don't think <laughs> it's going to make a Joe Biden joke. That's an interesting thing to suggest, but I don't think that that's what it is. I think there is something there, I don't know exactly what it is, but in-person communication that is superior to all forms of communication technology. And I think that you, you see this in, in the Bible actually, right? So, um, you know, the apostle Paul didn't have, uh, texting, um, or, you know, Instagram or anything like that, but he did have letter writing, right? So that's why we have the letters of the apostle Paul in the new Testament is he could write letters to the churches, but over and over again, you see this theme in when he's writing a letter to the churches that he would rather be there in person. He's, he's admits the inferiority of these letters to him being there in person. Uh, first Thessalonians two twelve he says, but since we were torn away from you brothers for a short time in person, not in heart, we endeavored the more eagerly and with great desire to see you face 
to face. So he wanted to see them face to face. You see this more explicitly. First lesson in Thessalonians 3.10. As we pray most earnestly night and day that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. Um, you see this also with uh, John in 2 John 1.12. He says, though I have much to write to you, I would rather not use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to come to you and talk face to face so that our joy may be complete. So here's Paul, here's John. They obviously don't think that writing letters is bad. Obviously, God doesn't think that he is inscripturated these letters. But there's this admitted inferiority to communication, communicating on paper and ink. Uh, and it's inferior to face to face communication. And I could spend 10 episodes getting into this, but I'll just say this. What, what is it that's missing? Well, I don't know exactly, but here's what I do know. The Lord created us as embodied creatures. We are not just a soul that's riding around um, inside of these bodies like it's a vehicle or something. Like, do you remember the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? There was that little like brain guy that had this big like robot body. Do you know what I'm talking about? Hold on, I'm going to look him up real quick so I can make this this cultural reference. Uh, what was it? Ninja Turtles. Brain bad guy. Yeah, <laughs> Google auto-completed it for me. Krang! Krang! It's a fictional supervillain appearing in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, yeah, and he's like inside of this big fat dude-looking robot thing. That's not... <laughs> Krang is not an illustration of how the soul and body relationship of a human works. It's not. You don't just have this little soul riding around your body. We are integrated people. That's why 1 Corinthians 15, there will be a bodily resurrection of believers uh, because the body matters. We, this is how we are created, body and soul together. You say, okay, I'm getting, see, I told you I could do a bunch of episodes on this. I'll do them on my other podcast with, with Miska, How Should a Man Live? Listen over there. We're actually going to be talking about resurrection in the next week or so. But the point is, um, you cannot disconnect yourself from your physical self and still all be there. So a, this is why a video call, a voice call, um, audio call, even, even a letter, those things, they're always going to be limited because all of you cannot be communicated without your physical presence. So let's just, let's just say that much for now. In-person communication, face-to-face -face communication is best. It's best. Um, so I want to delve a little bit into kind of trying to give an order <laughs> to uh, from best to worst types of communication that's available to us. So if we say in person is best, I would say that right below that is probably a phone call or a video call. A video may be slightly higher, but I just try to keep these into five categories. In person, then phone, then I would say right in the middle is letters like handwritten letters then behind that is a text and then way behind that is like an email um and so that in terms of like personability or i, I use the word warmth of types of communication that's the order i see it in in person phone letters text email with each of those getting cooler and cooler as you go down the list um so why does that matter well 
I think we might be tempted at that point to say, well, then maybe we shouldn't be sending emails or texts to each other if we want to minister to one another. We should probably just skip that and only do in-person stuff. Well, that would be that would be awesome. That would actually be super ideal if you had um, infinite time to meet with every single person face to face. Or if, you know, you weren't separated by space from certain people and be able to meet together. Or, you know, just for the sake of argument, if you weren't in the middle of a global pandemic that forbids you from seeing other people. I could do a whole podcast on the global pandemic, too. Um, no. So here, here's here's kind of, so we evaluate these different forms of communication. We can say, of course, that in-person is the warmest. Email is probably the coldest thing you can do and you know there's variations in between but here's why your personal communication strategy should utilize all these different types of communication methods and that's because the warmth of a communication method has uh, is related direct relationship to the time commitment of that mode of communication and I, I drew a little graph here, but unfortunately, you can't see the graph because this is an audio podcast. Uh, but I am going to be releasing an article this week that talks about these same themes and goes a little bit more in depth and actually has illustrations. So keep an eye out for that. It's going to be titled something along the lines of communication strategy. And actually, that's a good point to break for a little commercial. Uh, if you want to keep up with what's going on with Reading Productivity, you really should be signed up for the newsletter. Um, I have a twice weekly newsletter that goes out on Wednesdays, and that kind of gives you an update on new episodes that are out, if I've done any videos, uh, podcasts, all that kind of jazz. And it has a you know little blurb at the beginning of it. It's like all personal and stuff like, you know, you know the genre of newsletters. Uh, and then it also on Fridays, I have Reagan's Roundup, and that's where I send you five interesting links from around the web that are uh, with the mission of trying to help you uh, be a more productive steward of your life. So if you're not signed up for that, go to redeemingproductivity.com newsletter, or just click the link in the description and you can sign up for my newsletter. It's free. Um, so that's how you could hear about if you want to uh, see the article when it comes out. But here's the gist of it. Warmth and time commitment go hand in hand. For example, an in-person conversation is like the warmest, I think, best way to communicate to somebody. And sometimes when it comes to personal ministry, this is really the only way, if possible, you want to do it. Uh, for example, if you are having to admonish somebody or you're trying to you know, confront a brother or sister in Christ about an area of sin in their life, um, I wouldn't recommend that doing that as an email. <laughs> I would not recommend doing that as an email. Um, in person is best. In fact, uh, I, this was years ago, had a video, like a Skype video call with someone where I was essentially the, the aim of it was to confront them about an area of sin in their life. And I thought that that would work. Oh friend, it didn't work. <laughs> it did not work. Not being there face to face, uh, I think contributed to that going very, very poorly. Um, so if at all possible, there are some things you only want to do in person, but the downside of that is as it is the warmest, it also takes the most time. You know, you have to, if you want to go meet someone for coffee, for example, you have to travel. Um, once you're there, you need to sit down. It takes just a long time. You can't fire off a personal conversation like you can fire off a text, right? So 
because of that, I think that we can be a bit more strategic with utilizing these lower forms of communication because they don't take as much time, right? So for example, a phone call, just one step below an in-person conversation. If you are commuting to and from work, uh, you can do, and I think I've mentioned this before, that uh, there's people that talk about having office hours where they basically do a bunch of phone calls during their commute. Now, obviously, depending on the laws in your state or your country, you might need to use a Bluetooth or you might not be allowed to do it at all. I'm not sure. But um, finding a time like that where you can just go through your list, have, have some people that you're planning to call and talk to and minister to, just ask them how it's going, ask them what you can pray for them for, those kind of things. Very strategic. That takes less time because it takes the travel and the in-personness out of it. It's not as good as an in-person thing, but it can supplement it. Um, and then going down the list, the same with, with letters, uh, a handwritten letter is an incredibly warm piece of communication. And I, I even wonder if it might not be even warmer than a phone call, but that would ruin my little chart I drew. So I'm not going to say that, but a letter, a handwritten letter, my goodness, what a wonderful thing to receive a handwritten letter. I saw yesterday, um, a friend on Facebook shared, uh, they took a picture of, they'd gotten a handwritten letter from the Jehovah's Witnesses, the J-dubs, and they had gotten that and they wanted to share it because basically as a way of, you know, saying, guys, this group is doing these letters and us Christians, we don't minister with the same, you know, aggressiveness, uh, like this. And, and it was just this handwritten thing. It said, you know, we can't go door to door right now because of the COVID stuff, but I just wanted to see how you're doing. And they told them about some articles on JW.org. Um, to be clear, I do not support the Jehovah's Witnesses. I, um, believe that is a, a Christian cult. And, uh, if you're a Jehovah's Witness listening to this, I would love to talk to you more about why I, I think that and would love to have a conversation, but I don't think that we are on the same page, uh, concerning salvation and the person of Jesus Christ. Disclaimer over. Um, my point is we could write letters, right? You could sit down in the evening, like the people of old, like Alexander Hamilton, and write a bunch of letters and send them to people. And the power of that is just so, um, so nice to get something like that. And so uh, what, what I'm, what I'm proposing, I guess, not, I guess this is the whole point is using these things strategically, using all of these different types of communication strategically. Uh, so let's, let's turn the page as it were, and let's talk about kind of from a high level, how might we organize a strategy to minister to people strategically? Okay. Uh, let's go through this and I'll offer one more disclaimer here. I, the reason I'm like thinking so much about this is I'm absolutely awful at this. So please do not, do not hold me up as the standard. Um, this in a lot of ways is, is more theory than practice for me, sadly to my, to my shame much in my, my life is I I'm terrible at staying in touch with people. And so I have to be intentional about this. I, I don't know about you. I have to have a plan for doing this or it doesn't happen. I'm just not a super social person. I'm not just texting people all day or, you know, calling you on the phone while I'm taking my bath. I just wanted to chat, 
just wanted to chat. I was taking a bubble bath, wanted to chat. It's not me. So I got to be intentional. Maybe you're the same way. Um, so what's a method for organizing your communication with others? Well, here comes in a uh, strategy called a personal CRM. This I highly recommend. I, I do do this and I recommend it to you. So what's a CRM? What's CRM stand for? Well, you know, in the world of business, um, businesses have what's called a customer relationship manager, a CRM. So like Salesforce or something like this. A lot of sales companies use these software packages to track the relationship with customers or potential customers. And so they can see what their last communication was. They can see what stuff did I already send them? Um, has this person, are they interested? What products are they interested in? That type of stuff. And it allows them to manage the life cycle of a customer because you can't keep that all in your head. Um, or even on the back of a sheet of paper in a, in a Rolodex. So a personal CRM is taking that same concept and just applying it personally. And this, you don't have to buy Salesforce. Sorry, Salesforce. Unless Salesforce wants to sponsor the podcast and then everyone needs to buy Salesforce. Um, no, but you can do this on a piece of paper. You could do it in a, in a little notebook, like a little journal or a, an Excel spreadsheet type thing. Um, or I actually do this in Notion. If you watch my video called How I Use Notion to Organize My Life, I think around the six minute mark, I do like a little overview of the personal CRM that I use in there. But um, if you don't want to watch that, I'll just explain to you briefly what it is. Basically, personal CRM, you have name, you have like your last contact, like a, a date field, and then you might have some prayer items, and then you might have just a record there of different ways you've contacted them. And what this allows you to do is effectively have a, an, a way where you're making sure that you're staying on top of reaching out to people and being proactive in that. Um, and if you wanted to get fancy, if you want to utilize the different modes of communication available to us to their best effect, here's what I would do. And here's what I do do is you strategically employ some of the lower, uh, end forms of communication to maintain that relationship, to give little nuggets of encouragement or whatever in between the opportunities to have an in-person meeting. Okay. So what might this look like? Well, it might look like, um, if you have, uh, different people you pray for each day of the week, it might look like on those days you pray for those people, you also send each of them a text that's simple. It's a low time commitment, but it's a little touch point, a little touch point. Um, it might look like you taking that same list and seeing, oh, I haven't talked to so-and-so in a long time. Let me uh, have a column in here for phone calls, for example, and I'm going to call a few people and just catch up with them because I have a little bit of extra time now. And of course, the in-person stuff, scheduling that, saying, man, we have not met in person uh, since April. Let me, let me give them a text. Let me see if when they're available and we can grab coffee or something. And so this personal CRM thing basically just brings some order, some organization, some planning to the way that you engage in personal ministry to the people who the Lord has given you in your life to minister to. Um, I think it's just, it's brilliant. I, I'm, I didn't come up with it. <laughs> I'm often uh, praising my own ideas as brilliant, but this one is not my idea. Um, but to use it in a ministry context, I think is just 
massively, massively important. And it doesn't have to consume your life. Once you build something like this and add different people to it, uh, you can use it as as much or as little as need. You could use it to manage three people. You could ma- use it to manage 30 or 300. I mean, uh, many churches, I think probably most, you know, medium and above size churches use a CRM to manage uh, the relationship with the, the members of the church. I'm just suggesting you do this with the people in your life. Um, maybe just start with family. Maybe if you're not real good at keeping in touch with your family, maybe start with that for them. I also am not good at keeping in touch with my family, and I've been trying to use this to do better at that. Um, so yeah, it can be as simple as a piece of paper, an Excel document, a table, and a note-taking app like Notion, um, but I would encourage you to develop a personal CRM. Alongside it, and I'm working on a video on this right now, alongside a personal CRM would be a prayer list. And I'm going to show you a way in a, in a, probably in the next week or so of a video about how you can take advantage of notion to use, to, to tie together a personal CRM and a prayer list so that those two work hand in glove. Um, and let me just give you one other piece of like side advice with all of this stuff. And that is the concept of chunking. <laughs> chunking is uh, basically a personal productivity concept where you group together similar tasks and knock them all out at once. An example might be, um, with checking your email is setting that you have a whole bunch of things in your inbox, set aside a half an hour or an hour, whatever it takes, and just do all of the email at once. I would apply a similar concept of chunking to your personal communication strategy. Like I said, maybe during your time of prayer in the morning, chunk together sending a bunch of texts uh, to encourage people or emails. Um, or like I mentioned, the thing in the car where you're riding in the car, you're commuting and calling people, you're chunking together a bunch of phone calls. Uh, that's one of the advantages of those lower forms of communication. They might not be as warm, but you can do lots of them uh, in less amount of time than meeting people in person. Uh, so yeah, that's the last piece of advice there. So just wrapping it all up, um, I would certainly encourage you look, we have all of these mediums for communication today. Just because some of them are not as good as in person doesn't mean they're good for nothing. So let's strategically use these different forms of communication together to augment one another, to supplement personal in-person communication and to more effectively steward these lives for God's glory and for the good of others so that we can carry out those one another commands of scripture. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's all for today. Um, before you go, I know you're going to turn it off right now. Don't turn it off right now. Just listen to the end. Come on. This is a short one. Uh, before you go, I would just encourage you that if you are not subscribed to the podcast, do it, do it now. Subscribe in your favorite podcast player. Um, and if you haven't reviewed, especially an Apple, uh, podcast, please do go ahead and leave us a review. If you like it, leave a five-star review, uh, helps other people find it. It's wonderful. And like I mentioned, the newsletter, sign up for that. If you don't have that yet, it's redeemingproductivity.com slash newsletter. And lastly, thank you so much to the Patreon supporters. Uh, this would not be possible for me to keep doing this without you guys. I so appreciate you and your support of the podcast. If you are interested in supporting the work of Redeeming Productivity, head on over to patreon.com slash redeemingprod or check the uh, link in the description and look it over. 
consider for even just three bucks a month, uh, tossing a little money in the hat so that we can pay for the hosting fees and hopefully recoup some of the uh, time loss of doing this each week. Okay, I'm not going to belabor things. That's all I have for you this week. I will see you again here uh, next week. But until I do, remember this. In whatever you do, do it well and do it all to the glory of God. <laughs>